Communications disruption can mean only one thing. This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 23 of Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Peter Viox, joined today by my good friend and co-host, Joshua Rowe. What's up, dude? Oh, not much. Star Wars Day again. Happy Star Wars Day. Happy Star Wars Day, everybody. What it's, kind of Star Wars stuff have you been into, man? Well, I'm currently six chapters away from finishing Master and Apprentice. Nice. It's Yeah, it's been really good. Um, you're probably a little further ahead than I am. I'm just about in the exact same spot as you. I don't know how they can wrap it up in six chapters here. Dude, but I know. Man, I'm loving every second of it so far. Claudia Gray always knocks it out the park. This is probably one of my favorite books from her yeah. so far. I haven't read all of it, so I can't say that as a definitive, but it's good. Yeah, I mean, totally agree. I mean, like I said, man, I, I love everything that she's put out so far in the new canon for sure. Fantastic. What have you been up to? Um, As far as Star Wars stuff, well, about the same. Um, I did complete my collection of Resistance Wave 1 figures, so that's exciting. I've been looking for a Commander Pyre for a while, so super stoked. Well, they found him. I was going to buy you one, but my city has none. I know. Anything. I've tried shopping there. Yeah, it's a <laughs> waste of time. <laughs> so, we're going to be doing a character deep dive today, and it's one that you've been pretty excited about since, well, right about since we started coming up with ideas for the show in the very beginning. Yeah. What are we talking about today, man? Well, this is episode 23 of Jam Transmissions, and it's kind of... um. In, it's really good. I don't know what kind of word I want to use for it. Well, let's, let's use a Michael Jordan reference here. It's going to be the greatest of all time. It is. <laughs> and it works so well because 23 was how old Anakin Skywalker was when he turned to the dark side. We're talking about Darth Vader today. Oh, man. The numerology is with us. The force is strong with this episode, man. I've worked on that all week and I knew you were going <laughs> to enjoy it. The <laughs> no, force is with us. Thoroughly, thoroughly. Yeah, so honestly, everyone else was pretty excited about this too, and I think this might be our most interactive episode for sure. It better be. We had a bunch of uh, polls that we sent out, and you guys were on point with that. We appreciate that. And just like our Kanan episode, if you guys remember that one, uh, we asked you guys about like what kind of music that uh, reminded you of Darth Vader, and we're going to get into all that stuff too. But first, let's start off with some good old Cobbling Chatter. You must contact me. So the first one that we got, we actually got a voicemail um, from our boy Anthony. So let's get right into that one. How do rural farm boy? How do Pete, Josh, my Jam Transmissions crew? Yep, it's Anthony, rural farm boy in that Twitterverse, talking Darth Vader and my thoughts on him. All right. Uh, I'm try to keep this short because I can go on and on and on. This could end up being a 20-minute voicemail. So I don't want to go and do that because I want to hear what other folks think, too. <laughs> um, some thoughts. I can remember 
when I was ten year old kid and went and seen Star Wars. And the weeks after I seen it going to school, because I couldn't, his name didn't stick to me, and I couldn't remember what his name was, even though I, the film was just larger in life. That story was. So I can remember going around school asking the few friends that I had, because I was a really shy, dorky kid, didn't have very many friends. But the few I had, I had to keep asking that story. What was his name? What was his name? I can even remember on the fall Saturday cartoon preview shows that would show up later in the evening for what was going to be new cartoons coming up through the fall. He, he made an appearance on there and I was just glued to watching that television. And I can remember even taking book covers at school and turn them inside out. So I'd have a blank cover and I would just be drawing Darth Vader helmets <laughs> all over them everywhere. But now where we sit now is we got a hell of a lot of stuff being told about him. And some of it, the comics and such, ain't for me. I think they're running around a bit too much. That first series that they done where he dispatches Boba Fett to go find out who it was that done the Death Star in. Yeah, I can I can definitely buy that, but... A lot of what come after is not for me. But if there's a story that stands out that I know it's not canon, but one that stands out to me that I loved the most would be Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader, the one that Jim Lucena wrote. That there is a damn fine story. One that I keep in my head canon just for me because... Hoping maybe some parts or the whole parts of that will come back into, because I'm more of a canon junkie than anything else right now. But as folks do, select parts. Not all of it's for me. And I pretty much keep that just to me. I'm not going to go tell somebody else. You know, when I talk about that. Even so much so that he had much appealed to me so much that he's inked on my right shoulder. Oh, cool. In a pose that's kind of looking straight on at you, like if you were to see, if you were Luke in Empire and he's holding his hand out, come with me. Yeah, it's a look just like that with hand coming straight out at you. Dope. So that's my thoughts on him. He's still a badass. And let's see what other folks has to say. I want to hear what you have to say too. And your show is going to follow up Blue Harvest this Saturday morning. On my radio, and I look forward to seeing you then, or hearing you then. Like dessert. So until Saturday morning, my Star Wars brothers. Maybe more like sons, since I'm way older than you. Mm. <laughs> may the Force be with you. See you on the radio. And may the Force be with you, Anthony. Thank you for that voicemail. Ooh, following up Blue Harvest. That's a tough act to follow. Hey, this is going to be a for good anybody one. anybody else. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, this is going to be a good one. And um, yeah, I, I'm with you on like some of the fantastical stuff that uh, the comics are doing every once in a while. I mean, like I even threw in one of the options on like one of the most epic moments for Darth Vader that came from a comic mm-hmm. that, you know, he would never do in a movie. So I, I right. mean, I'm with you on that. But Josh, I did finally um, finish reading The Dark Lord of the Sith. Is that what it's called? I read it really quickly. Yeah. Charles, Charles yeah, yeah, yeah. Soul. 
Yeah. And I just finished it this morning. I woke up at four before. <laughs> so I had enough time to finish that last one. Flip through. It's been a crazy, crazy week. Yeah. But yeah, um, I like, I think I like that one the best now. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I was a big fan of the same one that RFB was just talking about in yeah. the beginning. Like it's the most realistic stuff. And it's also like connecting some really cool dots about like, we always wanted to know how long did he know about Luke being yeah. his son? And that kind of, that tells us, and that's pretty cool. But yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about that new one. Do we got any more uh, comlink chatter? Well, um, we got some stuff, uh, email from Johnny, right? Yeah. So let's get into that. It says, hey guys. Oh, he's at Life Debt Podcast. So check this guy out. Here's Johnny. So, hey guys. Hope you're doing well and recovering after a few busy weeks of Star Wars. And God, don't you know it. That Zon panel you did was phenomenal. You guys knocked it out of the park. Uh, thanks for the praise, man. That was uh, a lot of work. Thank you. I was a little disappointed you didn't put the Thrawn voice challenge to the wider world. <laughs> you know what? We may revisit that. He's not the first person to say that to yeah, me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So we, yeah. We, I say we I say we open it up. We will. So I am throwing my vocal cords into the mix. See attachment. What? Huh? So see attachment. Um wait, 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 wait. I'm gonna have to stop you right there. I gotta hear this. Did he send us a, a Thrawn invitation? Yeah, there's a M4A on here. Oh, let me let me plug this in real quick. Hello, Pete and Josh. <laughs> it is I, Grand Admiral Thrawn, and I will tear the rebels apart. Peace by peace. Dude, that was good. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, man, thanks, dude. That was pretty good. Invento. That's so good, man. I yeah, can't do it. He said you can't do it, so you're out. No, he didn't say I couldn't do Lars it. He said better. Lars was better. Whatever. And he's good. a professional. He was being nice. So get into the rest of this email <laughs> before I force choke you. Yeah, Tam. So for the Vader questions you have been throwing out in the world, I'm guessing you're doing a deep dive to the Dark Lord of the Sith. Now, I have to say, as much as I love Vader, best villain ever, I'm getting to the point where I don't want any more Vader content. We've had some great insight into him, into in, insight into him in the Lords of the Sith. Two great comic series from Gillen and Soul, which both of them, hands down, they've been awesome. And now the upcoming Vader Immortal. He showed up in Rebels and Rogue One, both done brilliantly. And now this new Vader miniseries and more likely more to come. The way I've always seen it is that Vader had an air of mystery, and now that is just slowly being pulled away with more and more stories that are filling in his 23 years of terror. Feels like it's all a bit too much now. What do you guys think? More Vader or less Vader in the future? Cheers, Johnny. There's number 23 again. I know. 23 Whoa. years of terror. Whoa. So, okay, I, I definitely agree. Well, I mean, I guess I... Well, did he say that he wanted less Vader content? Yes, I, I agree with that. Um, I feel like the Vader, I'm a little Vadered out. Yeah. Um, I yeah. love it. I think it's fantastic, but there are so many more things that I want right now. Just ascendancy. I want that more than anything else. Oh yeah. Um, while reading the master and apprentice stuff, more um, not even just that more old Republic. Dooku. I don't care how far back we go. But there's a lot of there's there's a that book without getting into it because we're actually going to be reviewing that next week. Yes, and we're going to have Eden Gray back on for that. So look forward to that. Stay I tuned. Know, yeah, um, yeah. I want more of that. I want more of that stuff. Um, what about you? I'm kind of in agreement with Johnny. Like 23 years of terror. I want to see what was going on because everybody was 
scared to death. You know, like he had such an air about him. There was such a, um, a darkness that he, a blackness, you know, it's not even just, it's beyond dark. It's just when he entered a room, there was something cold and malicious with him. And we want to explore that, but I don't want so much that it takes that um, mysticism away. Yeah. And I think we're at a good point where we need to just cut off with it. The Dark Visions comics, I know you're not a big fan of them. You're not liking them as much as I am. We'll say that. I think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I just like the points of view, the psychology that goes through it. And I like seeing how people want to react to him. And this last one pushed a lot of weird buttons for people. It did push a lot of buttons. Yeah. And uh, some of them understandably so. Right. The button it pushed for me, though, speaking of points of view, is what is the point <laughs> of that? <laughs> Just of yeah. number three. I don't know. I really like the first one. I like uh, you're talking about Dark Visions, right? The, uh, dark I Visions like the three. first one. And the second one was kind of like. Whoa, he just put a Star Destroyer through a space worm's mouth and yeah. out the other. And I was just kind of like, okay. I, it, I think the point <laughs> the point of those is just to show, I think it uh, lets you calculate the fear and the magnitude of who is Darth Vader. Um, what other people think of them? Yeah. Of him, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Seeing him go through the galaxy and seeing that impact that he's able to bring with him. And no matter what, he's always who we think he is. No matter what everybody else wants to envision, he's still a dark son of a bitch. Nice way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I hope we answered your question, Johnny, there. And uh, thank you so much for that uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn imitation. I want to hear that one more time. Yeah, play it again. Hello, Pete and Josh. It is I, (laughs) Grand Admiral Thrawn. And I will tear the rebels apart, piece by piece. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, so we're opening that back up. And I tell you what, we were giving away posters for people that that, that were brave enough to do that in a microphone. Yep. Um, you know what? I'm going to go back to the old printing press and get some more of these out. So if you guys want to do that, make sure you send that to comlink, C-O-M-L-I-N-K, at jamtransmissions.com. Any audio source is fine with me. We'll take care of it. So get those to us. Maybe uh, next week we'll have a couple more. Yeah. So the first and most popular question that we asked everybody, and we got stuff on all the different platforms for this, is music that reminds us of Darth Vader. And you know what? I say we go first this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the first song that came to my mind was One by Metallica. Get ready to bang your... I feel like Dee Snyder <laughs> from House of Hair. Are you ready to rock? What do you think? Yeah. Like that's, um, it's funny that you put it out there because we were doing Canaan trying to figure out songs and yes. we talked like, why don't we save this one? Yeah. And yeah. Cause it's, I said, yeah, let's save it because it's freaking perfect. Yeah. And while the song is obviously about someone who's been robbed of their normalcy from war, uh, you can definitely still make the connections to Vader 
and sometimes literally taking my arms, taking my legs, taking my soul and left me with life in hell. I mean, I think that's perfect. It's he is suffering. I got to say, you blew my mind with your first choice. Wood by Allison Chains. So I'm a big Alice in Chains fan, yeah. and I've, I've even seen him in concert, and especially of that first album, Dirt, which that is from, and I never once made the connection oh, really? about Darth Vader to that. Huh. It's perfect, man. Yeah. Like, obviously, like the know me broken by my master part, Um, but I I also like the idea, I, I think of like a, a younger, I, I don't want to say younger Darth Vader, but, but just like an older Anakin, if you will, like Anakin's like just sitting there looking back at the the mistakes that he made, just the selfishness of him that led him into his downfall. Have I run too far to get home? You know, yeah. am I wrong? Try to see it once my way. I don't know. It's just simple, interesting little connections. The conflicts he had with the, the council and just everything. He wasn't really a Jedi at all. Like he had the best masters around him, but he saw through the veil. And we'll say that. And nobody else besides Ahsoka, I don't think, really got that. Truth. Yeah. And yeah. he was alone. Good choice, dude. So, let's turn to Twitter. We got a Nerd Herder, a Star Wars podcast, at NRD Herder Cast, said, Definitely Kiriste Gomen by Trivian. And uh, that, that one got Jeff Keltz, the metal Mando, excited. I know, right? <laughs> he called it Next Level Intense from a criminally underappreciated metal band. So, let's see what you guys think of this one. The lyrics like there's hell to pay, such disarray, a bloody mess, yeah. flash masquerade. Um Rogue One ending for sure on this one. Yeah. And also just like you made your path by crossing us, you know, the, the blood making a flood. Yeah. Like him and Palps. Like they are straight to quite the duo. Yeah. So uh yeah, that got Metal Mando excited. What did he choose? More Metallica. Oh yeah. Harvester of Sorrows. Hell yeah, man. My life suffocates, planting seeds of hate I've loved, turned to hate, trapped far beyond my fate. I give you take this life I, that I forsake, been cheated of my youth is the big part I think that I got from it. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. You turn this lie to truth, and it's Palpatine's manipulation of him. Yeah. It was, uh, that's a damn good choice. We should go to like a, a poetry reading at open mic and just read Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> See if anybody catches on. <laughs> Wearing Metallica shirts the whole time, too. Or a Napster shirt. Yeah. <laughs> so we got some Comlink Chatter Love on Instagram this week. We got uh, at East Flatbush 1101 said, move, get out the way by Ludacris. And you know what? <laughs> second time it's been on the show. That's good. I'm excited because that is the second time we're going to be playing Ludacris. I want you all to imagine Darth Vader in his helmet, these little in his little mini Bluetooth speakers <laughs> while he's getting ready at the end of Rogue One. This is playing in there. Oh, yeah. Blast doors open and he just Siri play. <laughs> yeah, so thanks a lot for that one. That Definitely good to hear from you. Uh let's jump back to Twitter. Ethan saw Endgame. <laughs> so at Strafe Rebel said Hurt by Johnny Cash. I hurt myself today. To see if I still feel I focus on the pain The only thing that's real The needle tears a hole The old familiar sting Try to kill it all away but I remember everything What have I become My sweetest friend Everyone I know Goes away in the end And you Dude, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Um, another song that I really like that I've never made the connection to Darth Vader. Yeah. I love these. I love asking this question now. More insight from everybody else. Yeah. Well, just also like, I mean, we all love music. Yeah. It's, it's just natural for humans to. But to say like, all right, what do, what do you think of Kanan? What, what makes you think of, of Vader? And then this stuff like that. Yeah, that's that was really good. This song's really depressing. <laughs> oh, no doubt. It uh, this poll not only enriches like our uh, show, but it enriches like our interactions with our listeners and our friends on social media and within our own little finite world. Dude, it's awesome. I love getting insight from people. Yeah. Yeah, keeping this show interactive, man, as kind of like the forefront to it, yeah. has been awesome for me. I love it. So, yeah, you guys keep on coming. So, yeah, Vader's tragedy, but I'm going to need something a little more upbeat. What do we got next? Well, our buddy uh, Rick Villanueva at Cad's Bane's Bounty said, I'm coming in with an, oldie, an oddly upbeat track, Last Kiss by Minus the Bear. 
It's a song about cross paths and walking away, poor decisions and judgment, and the consequences that follow. I gave this one a listen to. That was pretty good. Yeah. Watching the night won't make time go by. Moving in the wrong direction. That's nice. She said you make your own decisions. I said my motion is not my So, as upbeat as he says it is, listen to the lyrics, guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That is good. It's uh, poor decisions and judgment. I mean, it's Anakin Vader to a T. Yeah, I like it. Good one, man. Thanks, Rick. And uh, Jason B. Williams from the Followers of the Force podcast said, Nothing tops the Imperial March. Even outside of just Star Wars music, I can't think of anything better than that. I mean, he's not wrong. No. So we got some interaction on Facebook as well. Katarina from Germany, uh, she was at the live stream of that Tim's On panel. And thank you for uh, chatting with me on that. I really appreciate that. Oh, she got a good one here. It says, Rammstein, Feuer frei. <laughs> She actually had a couple. Yeah, yeah. What was the other one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something from Secession Studios called Lucifer's Waltz. Let's plug that in. This, this one's definitely unsettling for the creature that is Darth Vader. And I, I think that's a good segue into the next stage of the episode. And now we got a lot of a good song suggestions this time around. And I say we go ahead and hop into the show and revisit some more of those later on. Yeah. So I think a good starting point for this, we'll just go with that first poll, man. I was, I was surprised at the results of this. And I, I hope that you, the listener, are going to be surprised as well. So we asked you. Do you consider Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader to be the same person, i.e. a young Jedi named Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father? You know what I'm talking about. So what one? Well, at 45 percent came in with same. So a lot of people agreed they're the same people. That's what I chose. 
That's what I chose as well. Oh, really? It is. I didn't know but that. Why did you choose same? Because, um, honestly, man, it, it felt in the beginning before the prequels, Darth Vader, and then there was who Darth Vader was before. Yeah, it makes sense that you separate the two. But knowing the story now, and especially with these new comics from Gillen and Soul um, at the forefront, they're they've really stitched him together. And seeing what Filoni did with Star Wars the Clone Wars, there's so many great tie-ins, and it really concreted itself with me with Star Wars Rebels the minute he met Ahsoka in um, Rebels. Where was, where was that planet? Malachor? Malachor. I never can get that one right. When she slices his helmet and turns around. And there's Ahsoka. his eye. Yeah. So seeing that face, honestly, it, it didn't change. It's, yeah. it's still him. And he's, we get in the comics and stuff. We kind of get into his psyche and we're like, he's suffering, which fear leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering and anger's in there too. So fear leads to anger, maybe. Yep. And, and then, then anger hate, to hate and the hate to suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, we see him going down this path, although it is a chain reaction of fearing to suffering. It's like dealing with um, loss, all the stages of loss. It doesn't change who you are. It just changes the way you adapt and kind of cope with the things that you've been dealt. And that's kind of where we're seeing Vader now is, yeah, there's 23 years of him being the for the universe. And he was a terrible, terrible person but it's pretty much just him trying to cope with all the terrible decisions that he's made and what he has been, the cards he's been dealt and with Palpatine behind him, manipulating him, making him believe these things that are, that we find out were untrue. You can see how much it's messed with him and he's finally Mm -hmm. redeemed at the end. So you can't go Anakin to Vader back to Anakin without Anakin being through the entire thing to me. Now, I like all that insight, and I agree with you, but I haven't always felt that way for sure. And um, let's let's get back to these percentages. 32% of people, which is a lot closer than I expected yeah. this one to be, said different. And then uh, 23% said complicated, and we asked you to explain. And uh, let's, let's start from the top. So Jeff Kelt said, I vote the same person. Anakin Skywalker was still Anakin at the time, at the end of Return of the Jedi. Being anointed Darth Vader by Palpatine was just part of his particular Skywalker journey for better or for worse in that galaxy far, far away. So, yeah. Yeah. Everything I said wrapped up in two sentences. You're so, <laughs> you just go on and on and on. But that's why we keep you on the podcast because yeah. we need content. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so ne- going next, we've got Eric McGilvery. He uh, wrote to us again. Uh, so he's at Eric McGilvery 27 says, They're the same, but different. I tend to distinguish the two. I guess the change of appearance is an easy point to separate the two. It would be interesting to ask the same question if he wasn't defeated on Mustafar and had to wear the suit. What do you think about that? See, that's a kind of neat little, uh, you want me to go on and on or you want me to just hush? No, it's a, it's a, it's an, it's a neat little what if scenario. It is. I hadn't really thought of it before. What do you think? I think having the suit really, uh, enhances that, that dive into madness. But I guess having the same appearance, it would be harder to distinguish Anakin and Darth Vader because 
say, okay, say he didn't have the suit. 23 years later, he meets Luke Skywalker, his son. Mm-hmm. Or 19 years, my bad. 19 years later, he meets Luke Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Would Luke not say, hey, this guy kind of looks like me? What about Leia? You know, Leia would have been like, this this doesn't work out. This is not a monster. This is a human being. So I think she probably would have, before the son, the daughter would have been, who is this man? The movie A New Hope would be entirely different yeah. if you didn't have that monster behind the mask. The What became one of the greatest villains of all time. Yeah, that's just good cinema, though. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting to think about, though. Yeah, very interesting. Especially when now that we know George Lucas's influences and stuff, like what, what he would have been wearing. He probably would have been wearing... Um, like black haramaki, you know, just all this stuff, man. Yeah. Looking like a, a, a dark Jedi, more or less. Well, he got back to us the next day, Eric did, and he said, I've been thinking more about this today, and I think that the order of the viewing the films and which generation you grew up in would have an impact on your answer. I first saw the original trilogy and the re-releases, so Vader was the villain for me. Okay, that's, See, a, that's a really great. good point. And that's, that kind of goes on you know, par with my feelings. Cause mm-hmm. I, like I said, I haven't always felt that way. And I am, you know, I, I saw the prequels as they came out, but I was an re- original trilogy kid. Yeah, me too. And yeah, Darth Vader was Darth Vader. And then all of a sudden at the end of return of the Jedi, you take his mask off and is he just supposed to be like, who is this? This yeah. is, he doesn't sound the same. He does obviously doesn't look the same. And um, it was always very difficult for me, even as the prequels were coming out. I loved the pre. Well, I loved the Phantom Menace when it came out. I struggled with two and three as yeah. as time went on. I'm getting better about it, but um, I struggled with connecting that little boy Anakin to Darth Vader in the suit. Yeah. And honestly, even up until you know, as the years have gone by since, uh, like uh, the Disney merger and all that stuff, and and all the new comics that have come out and have been like throwing all these Darth Vader comics at us to kind of make that connection only after reading all of them. Do I actually feel like I can see Anakin's face behind that mask? Yeah. It's been real tough for me to make that, but now they're the same. They're um, as far as persona persona, if you take them apart. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're totally different. Like in um, the Anakin Skywalker age of Republic comic. He's such a virtuous, good guy, especially in that comic. Yeah. Like he goes against Yularen and wants to rescue the people. And there's, he said, there's something wrong. Mass murder is wrong no matter what side you're on. Yeah. No matter who's getting killed. That's not Vader. That's not Vader. At all. It's really interesting, too, especially looking at um, how these comics. Well, I mean, like, let's. Forget the comics for a second. You've got the movie where everyone has basically said, you know, a young pupil of mine named Darth Vader betrayed and murdered your father. You've got the literal actual sentences right there, Mm -hmm. which which were, I don't know, man. Like, even as a kid, I was like, well, maybe he did. Maybe he did kill his old personality. You can do that, can't you? I think so. In a way, yeah. Yeah. So then it is like, do you you take it literally or or like that? And then you... As, as the comics have come out and more stories and more books and, and even in the legends and stuff, you see how Palpatine was was more or less forcing him to be to betray his old past 
or his old personality yeah. and say, you've killed him, Anakin, to the point to where, you know, if you say, like, I don't know if you ever watched Star Trek, but like they were trying to break um, Picard's mind one time. It's like looking at four lights and said, you have to say that there are three lights and literally just trying to break his mind. Mm-hmm. And eventually it just felt like Darth Vader would just say however many lights there actually were. Yeah. Now we get all these inner monologues through the the printed page. And yeah, Anakin's really struggling with his past. Yeah. All the damn time. And the older he gets too. Yeah. And I, I think that's more um intriguing to me. Yes. Because we see him he was bad. Like he was he was he was the villain from age twenty three to about I don't know, thirty two. Ha, huh, I flipped those. I didn't even mean to do that. The numbers, dude. I know, but it's with us today. So there, he really starts, like, he was bad. He was. He was a good villain. But you get into, like, Rogue One, and he's just, hands down, evil. Like, it's it really took hold. But that's when he was struggling the most. Is it, um, was he lashing out of all the confusion and the anger and taking it out on everybody else? And then what kind of conflict after like you get mad and you, especially when you're younger, you're kind of stupid and you end up punching walls or something. You like, you just as a male, I guess it's easier than a female, but we have that testosterone. Something doesn't go our way. We lash out with physical violence. And then immediately after that, you're like, God, that was stupid. Do you think he's having the same issues? Like I've just killed 25 rebels through this hallway. What am I doing? You know, why am I doing this? That's a good question. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if he does. I mean, that would have to be internal issues. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I feel like um, part of what adds to his madness and his tragedy is the fact that he buries his emotions. Except for when he is 100% by himself. Yeah. And he's, you know, not typically by himself very often at all. Only in his castle, hardly. I mean, or on... Um in his little pod on his star destroyer. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You like it. You hated it. <laughs> it took me a minute to figure out what the hell you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's literally the second best imitation on the episode today. So hopefully there will be <laughs> So, do we get anything else on this uh, before we move on to any of the other polls? Oh, yeah, there's one. We got N7 um, Kauru. Yep. All right. At uh, SPOWC said, I would have to say the same because to me, you are who you are. You can hide it all you want, but we all have the battle of light versus dark in all of us. Anakin was battling the darkness inside of him since he first started training. And when the helmet came on, it was still Anakin underneath. Yeah, Yeah, I I do agree with that. Um, In Anakin's particular situation, yes, uh, he was always the same person. I do do actually believe, though, that it is possible to change your identity entirely within yourself. These are conversations I'd like to have off air. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Not dealing with Star Wars, just in general. Yeah, and you know what? That's great. Star Wars puts um, another magnifying lens on our own lives, for sure. Mm Um, yeah, definitely agree with you. So we've got another one that says Rebecca at Reb Diaz says D E A Z Z says my Anakin 
is from the Clone Wars. I separate the two. That's fair. That's fair. Because my favorite Anakin is also from the Clone Wars. And Same. Yeah, like the movie Anakins are they're good people, but that Clone Wars really kind of, that's who he was to me too. I agree with that. I think it's really cool that's how we, uh, we asked this question and the spread was so close. Yeah. It, like 45% same, 32% different, and 23%. It's complicated. Yeah. And it is. It's super complicated. Yeah. I like, um, I like how torn everybody is on it. And I like how, although they're different answers, they're the same answers. Really interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's true. I just like the, to see everybody's. Yeah. I kind of waited, waited towards the end before I gave my, my idea because it was funny. It was kind of changing day to day. It's like, yes, I know he's the same, but I feel this way. And, uh, it is complicated, but at the end of it, after like a couple of days on the assembly line, just sitting there, just thinking about nothing but that Yeah, that's where to I've me, been. he's the same. He's the absolute same. And thank you guys for that. I guess, uh, let's see. I want to talk a little bit about Anakin's attachment to Padme because I feel like that's pretty much the catalyst that turned him to the dark side. What, yeah. what do you think about that? Um, as far as what turned him, I don't know, man, that's complicated, but it's, it's like, it it's is. the catalyst. That's, yeah. That's the spark that lit the fire. Oh, that was rebellion, but no, um, yeah, I think that was probably the biggest push that he had to just go say, it and I've got to do something here. Yeah. And it's just the, the anger and the hate and the loss. It was all about attachment there. Yeah. And it being a Jedi monk who that's supposed to have no attachment whatsoever. He's married. Gets married, has nothing but attachment to all of the people around him, to an astromech droid, to a Padawan. Yeah. All these things. To Gruta, to it, it only just makes sense that this attachment is leading him to the opposite of what he is meant to lift and represent being the light side. Padme was huge. Padme. The loss of Padme. Was yes, huge. absolutely. To me, I think his turning point was as far as that spark was when the order abandoned Ahsoka. I think to me that that is what really kind of fueled him to doubt more. And fear leads to anger. It's really interesting. Do you think that Anakin was more angry in the beginning of Revenge of the Sith or in the Clone Wars? Depends on what season. I mean. Well, uh, so like like towards the end as of an overall, Clone Wars. Like uh, in relation to the statement that you just made about pa uh, his Padawan. Yeah. So it would be the Clone Wars. I think so. I think that that's really interesting considering how he got closer to his turn. But he was angrier before, and there was a moment of light uplifting. Things were changing, and then all yeah. of a sudden he started having these visions. So before we tackle another poll that's related to this, uh, let's see if we got some more Comlink Chatter song picks that might be related. Uh, how about this one? Johnny Orm from My Star Wars Life Debt says, My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. It's laughable, but honestly, damn it, Johnny. <laughs> plug it in. Let's see what it does.
I mean, he's not wrong. No, he's not. It's just, again, I love seeing where people come up with yeah. the stuff they send us. It's great. You know, and I was thinking a little bit more, too, just along these lines. Um, have, I don't know if you've seen The Crow, but there was a song by The Cure on the soundtrack that I've always loved, and it's called Burn. Yes. Let's listen to a couple lines of this. So I was always a huge fan of the Crow comic book. Is your print on the wall there? Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that lithograph is from 1994, signed by James O'Barr himself. Big fan, big fan. So in the song, you 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 hear the line "Don't look, don't look," and you don't really hear this. The Crow does not talk to Brandon Lee's character Eric mm-hmm. Draven in the movie, but in the comic book, the Crow is always telling him "Don't look." Don't look back on your memories of your fiance who was killed and among many other horrible things happened to her. And it just devastated him so much that he had to come back from the dead. I connected this to Darth Vader and his relationship to Padme Mm -hmm. because he would, as the comics have shown us, when it got darkest, he'd say, Padme. Yeah, that's it, man. And it's just like, that's all he had to say. He looked, he tortures himself and he always has all these dreams, 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 yeah. nightmares, man, Darth Vader, Darth Vader. It's especially like in the soul comic where you see him meditating yeah, and the darkness around him, the lightning crashing and stuff in the background. And you get these little butterflies. I loved the, the way that that looked. It's Man, I don't know. It's almost inspirational, but just the way that he captured that struggle and what she represented, like this is the most beautiful little thing is, which most people is, is flora, but butterflies are like a great uh, living, I guess, uh, apparatus for that. But that was beautiful. I loved it. Yeah. Just to choose that. And then we have the butterflies and the flowers in her hair when she was going through a funeral procession. Is that what he remembered the most? Did he get to see any of that? Was I'm sure it was projected some way or another, right? Oh, it's it's a former queen of a planet dying. Yeah. I'm sure there are hollows of it. Right. Can I just go on a quick little tangent here? Yep. So I am going to anyway. So I saw, <laughs> like, I rewatched uh, episode two and episode three with this in mind. And I think it's amazing how when you when you watch the movies, when you're looking for looking at a particular character and yeah. looking for more of Darth Vader's turn throughout this and this isn't really related to Darth Vader, but when Padme died, mm-hmm. I did not realize until my last viewing that they padded up her belly yeah. for the funeral so that no one would know that the twins were born. That just went over my head. That's, that's so cool. Little details like that. And almost monstrous in a way. What if he, what if he thought about that? The deceit that she was, she was gone. Like it's like digging up a grave almost. They they fabricated her body to sell a lie. Yeah. So I think we got one more from Katarina. Oh yeah, uh, it's uh, "Can't Breathe" by Blue. 
Yeah. I had a hard time finding this one. Here, I got it right here. There's another song about dreams. Yeah. Dreams, dreams, nightmares. Like the last one, every night I burn, every night I call your name. Awesome. Well, let's go into the next poll then. Uh, This poll came at the end of our Twitterverse questions, and it just kind of came to me like as I was watching these movies. But I think it's important to the creation of Darth Vader uh, that we have to ask at this point in the show. How did Padme die? Well, you want to go through the winner? Was 36% lost the will to live, which is what the medical droid said. I was very surprised by this. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So it's literal. Yes. That's, it's, it's so interesting how we can get such a crazy, not crazy, but just a varied spread mm. of a response for this. This so one the, was good. The next one was uh, 27% said Palpatine drained the life. And that's... Um, that's a cool little theory that, like, when Revenge of the Sith came out, that based on how, like, the cutting was done in the editing, yeah, to where when when the baby was being born and she and, and she was dying, Anakin was getting his armor, yeah, and that sweet, it's like he was, yeah, pulling and, that force into him. Then you had the song Padme's Rumination yeah. playing, and that's just haunting in, in itself. Like, yeah, I think. Um, I think that that one's really interesting. I'm leaning a little more towards Palpatine draining the life now in my That's head. The one I yeah, yeah, yeah. So then the next was 21 percent as a result of Anakin's force choke. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? I mean, if there was trauma to like the um, like the trachea and stuff, it makes sense. I mean, here she was on a volcanic planet, and then you kind of rupture her breathing apparatus, her natural breathing apparatus. Yeah. I mean, she could have been in oxygen deprivation from that point on. And then later got into an oxygen rich environment where she was giving the twins. Then she has to go into labor. Like something similar to like throwing altitude sickness into, into something something as crazy as childbirth. Yeah. Interesting. Which would put her in physical distress. That's not a bad way to connect the dots. Yeah. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah. Um, I also wanted to point out that when she falls down from that force mm-hmm. choke, Obi-Wan Kenobi walks over and then puts a hand on her forehead. Yeah. So I, I've been telling you, like I re I reread like the Thrawn trilogy, the mm-hmm. old Thrawn trilogy. Um, and it was talking about how, um, the Jedi had a particular ability to heal themselves and heal others, yes. or at least take away the pain of that. And I was wondering if maybe that was like something like a callback. Like yeah, it could have been, I mean, there are no words for it. We can't no. take it literally, but uh, of all places, would he put his hand there? It's you interesting. Know, usually like to it. comfort someone, it's a shoulder. Yeah. You, when, uh, and I've he wasn't it. checking the pulse. I no, mean, his you, forehead. <laughs> yeah. So usually you do that uh, for like chakras and stuff. That's, that's oh, the yeah. first one you go to. Maybe. 
<laughs> Maybe. And then uh, 16% of you all said other and comment below. So let's let's see what we got here. We'll start off with Rick Villanueva. He said, George Lucas killed her. <laughs> I love this one. With a gift that just says he's a monster. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> no, he did. He killed her off. Uh, Robo at... Jesus. Robo. Robo. Oh, my God. Yeah, there's two Bs, idiot. <laughs> Robo at uh, GC9X said, she died of George Lucas now syndrome. A rare disease that affected characters and ideas that were built up to be important, then forgotten, and then suddenly needed to be taken care of in the last 10 minutes of ROTS, Revenge of the Sith. Also not wrong. No. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually started some good conversation, and a lot of people jumped in on that. Matt Frost at Fruge 77 said, I always thought her heart rate became too fast and too intense, which is a funny joke, as we all know how the movies were made. Um, but yeah, Robo continued. He said, I can't fathom why fans of the prequel trilogy are disturbed by the lack of a pre-planned sequel trilogy. Uncle George didn't plan a damn thing in his life, and that's what makes his movies charming and unique. He's not wrong there either. What do you think about that? Honestly, yeah, it, it worked on it. General Grievous coughs because Lucas had bronchitis. Yeah. Stuff like that. It's green looks better on a blue background. Yeah. So now Mandalorians are pacifists. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they sure are. Dude, it's just the way he works. And thank God for a story group that gets to fill all the holes. That's what she said. Connect the dots. Yes. There you got it in. <laughs> is, is that also what she said? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> Katarina also has came in here and said, lost her will to live, question mark. No, she gave birth to healthy twins and she thinks that Anakin is okay. Palpatine, better. Perhaps she died of shame. Hmm. She is giving birth and who is watching? Bell, Obi-Wan, and Yoda. Perhaps she never died. Remember what Leia said. What do you think? Perhaps she never died. Oh, is she talking about where, where Leia was saying, I, I have memories of my mother yeah. in Return of the Jedi? So... In my headcanon as a kid, mm -hmm. I always assumed that it was her adoptive mother. But we've never seen... The Organa. Yeah. Um, so now in the new canon, that kind of wouldn't work because of Leia, Princess of Alderaan, also by Claudia Gray. Yeah. Another great one by, by her. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, th that's neat little things to think about. Um, but no, I like, the, I like the point that she said, like, she gave birth to healthy twins. Yeah. So... Yeah, lost her will to live. I, I am most surprised that most people said that. I'm not shitting on your guys' opinion. No, not at all. I just, you know, that bugged me a lot the first time I saw that movie. It's like, you're breaking my heart. And then the the yeah. the droid is between saying, ooh-bah, ooh-bah, just yeah. saying, oh, she's losing her will to live. For some reason, she's dying. And I've it's never sat well with me that she just died of a broken heart you're going down a path that I can't follow. And especially after Clone Wars, watching all those, how strong Padme she's super, is. She's super a total fucking badass. Yeah. And no, man, there's no way. There's no way that a husband turning to the dark side. I mean, granted, he, he all of a sudden became a mass child murderer at he, that point. Like directly. It's shocking, but you don't sit there, give birth to a child and say, Luke, with a smile. Yeah. Leia with a smile and then, and then die and then die. That was not her. That's why I'm kind of leaning towards the Palpatine situation. And he's master manipulator. If he can create a life, let's let's um let's go to something that says magic has a cost, right? Usually in most 
fantasy dramas and whatever else that you can find out there. To use magic, there's always a cost, like in Lord of the Rings. That's physics, too. Yeah. yeah it just makes sense. The ring, using the ring, gets you out of trouble, Frodo, Bilbo, but it also alerts the race and Sauron. He knows that power is imbued by him. So every time it's used, it's like a beacon going out. So every time he could use it to get out of one situation, it also said, here's my location. Like it Google mapped his ass in Mordor. Magic has a cost. So why not say that? Okay, here's dying Anakin. He's lost three limbs and he's been burnt to a crisp. He's not going to survive this. Like his lungs were shattered. Like his eyes were burnt. Like his vision was gone. He couldn't breathe on his own. The loss of blood, all of this. He, he's a dead man. Where's Palpatine getting this? Life force? Yeah. Obviously someone connected Siphoning to it to yeah. that which, which has always given him meaning mm-hmm. literally gives him being and why Ooh. why wouldn't palpatine palpatine choose anyone else dude that's that's the total screw you you know this is how i keep control it's not only am i going to yeah make you bring you back from the dead almost but i'm going to do it by using the only person that means anything to you now and then if you also want to continue the literal like did he lie immediately after he woke up or did he tell the truth in your anger you killed her yeah in a way, yeah, he did. It seems like it seems like it's a lie. Yeah, uh, Sith Sith do lie, but they also tell the truth in their lies in mm. some form or another. They're very literal while oh, being man. manipulative. So yeah, this got a little bit longer and deeper than what I thought it was going to be. That's what she said. So another one we got was Alice is always in Wonderland, which is at Slaya all day from the Force Toast girls. Loves the Palps is a Force vampire type thing theory. Yeah, so she's on on board, on board with, with us this. too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I uh, I definitely agree. That's certainly what it looks like. It is I, Pete from the future, doing a quick little edit here. Uh, just wanted to give you guys a little ample spoiler warning if you've not read any of the Fortress Vader stuff from the Charles Soul run. Um, go ahead and skip ahead about three and a half minutes and then you should be good. Um, I want to jump back to something that you said earlier about Palpatine creating life. Yep. Are you referring to the final issue of Dark Lord of the Sith? Yeah. In in Anakin's Force vision, after he opens the door and goes into the castle. Mm-hmm. Spoilers ahead if you haven't. But you know what, guys? It's been out for a little while. Go to your comic book shop. Support your local people and read these stories. They're great. Moving forward. He's not wrong. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, there were a lot of things in that vision that did not happen in real life. Yeah. So you have to kind of take all the things that did happen in those visions with a grain of salt, I think almost wibbly wobbly timey wimey in a way, because, okay. So you're talking about the, the image of Palpatine, Darth Sidious with his arms around Shmi Skywalker, more or less creating, manipulating the midi-chlorians. Yes. Interesting. And then, the very next square, I'm your father. Who'd you see? Palpatine and Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. So you have a figurative father. Like he, on many occasions, said that Obi-Wan was like a father to him, especially in um, when he is protecting, he's charged with protecting Padme, and Obi-Wan is off-world and he's in danger. He's about to meet Grievous. Yeah. Or uh, not Grievous, it was Dooku, wasn't it? Yeah, an attack yeah. of the clones. Yeah. 
He says, he is like a father to me. So we have this in the movie, so everybody's heard it. But in The Clone Wars, he said it before. In a lot of the comics, he said it. It's just, that's who he was. He was a father to him. He raised him since he was a child. Besides Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan was the one who was charged to look after him. So we have a figurative father. Why is Palpatine there? He was not a, He was already a grown man at this point, right? I mean, he would he'd support him, kind of like a creepy uncle there going through the, the Clone Wars and... Um, Attack of the Clones and even kind of watch Support, manipulate. Yeah, yeah. But he was always like, oh, you're doing good. And he'd go on. There was not like a real relationship there yeah. until he was much older. Why would he not be a literal father in a way? It's interesting. I think that was the point I was driving home. Yeah. Okay. I, I hear that. Um, I still, I'm typically very skeptical just in general in real life. And I've, I, I adapt that to Star Wars as well. I think <laughs> that when you've got force visions and prophecies, which we, you and I, in what we're reading right now, we're getting um, a lot of access to that right now yes. too. And that's all that's doing is creating more questions. And I feel the same way about that issue, issue 25 or 26. That of, was 25. Yeah. Of, of a uh, dark Lord of the Sith. And I, I think I want to reread that a yeah. couple more times before I say any more about it. Okay. I, I think, uh, I think I want to revisit that, yeah. but it is, I, this is a good conversation though. So let's jump into our last poll. And, uh, th- this one was fun. It was about Darth Vader's most epic moment, man. I'm going to need some more music for this. What else did Katarina suggest? More Metallica. I disappear. Now, I'm all about some Metallica, but this is about Vader's most epic moment. What else did she say? The Art of War by Sabaton. That's what I'm talking about. the will to fight among the enemy. Force them to hunt me. They will play my game and play by my rules. I will be close, but still untouchable. No more. Cool. So let's look to the Twitterverse. Um, I guess we'll start with the winner. The obvious winner. <laughs> 63% said the end of Rogue One. Uh, 23% said, again. wow, look at that. Killing Palpatine. 23. Spooky. Uh, 14% <laughs> said other. Comment below. And I was shocked that nobody picked bringing down the ad ad from uh, the comics. Yeah. I, I mean, was shocked. It was cool. But... Yeah, but this is epic. He literally brought down an ad ad with a lightsaber mm-hmm. and the force. Luke kind of did too. No, I mean, no. Sort of. I'm talking about just a lightsaber, just cutting it off and bringing it down with your daughter and future baby Son-in-law. moms. Yeah. <laughs> 
you know i thought that was pretty cool oh so, it was awesome yeah but it, you guys surprised me epic. so which one did you choose i chose end of rogue one fair enough yeah visually pleasing it was just it was a lot of fun to watch it was super epic Let's see. Well, since she provided us with a theme song into our epic moment poll, let's go with Katarina's first choice. Oh, Ooh, killing his female fan at the end of Vader Dark Visions number three. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> cool. I don't know about the most epic thing, but that um, that's pretty high on the list just because of, I guess, the content that we're getting from it. That was pretty neat. Fair enough. There's one a little further on this list that was going to be a second for me. Which one is it? Go ahead and say it. It was uh, Jeff Kelts, the Metal Mando, said, it might not be my favorite, but this has to be the most epic moment. So metal. And he sent us a gif of Vader slowly descending on his TIE Defender on Malachor in front of Ezra from Rebels. Oh, yeah. See, that that was awesome. Yeah. You know, just part two of, uh, of The Apprentice. What is it called? Twilight of The Apprentice. That... All the Vader stuff in that was amazing. It was so good. Despite all the Darth Maul stuff and Kanan stuff right. and Ahsoka stuff, the Vader moments were amazing. It like punctuated the two-parter. It really did. For sure. Yeah, I like that one, Jeff. Good call, ma'am. Uh, Alderanian Rose at Alderanian R said, The Vader down was the first time Vader was ever scary to me. Huh. Seeing his power on display like that was amazing. I am no Vader fan, but that comic helped me understand why he was so terrifying to the galaxy at large. Truth. Yeah, that was another great, great series. And that was a small, uh, that was the, the end of that series, was it not? It's been a while since I read Vader down. That was when I was still reading them issue to issue. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I want to go back and get all those. Yeah. Eric McGilvery says Rogue One is going to take it hands down. Uh, speaking to a colleague at work this week about the Disney Star Wars film stuff and where they're headed, his thoughts were that the hallway scene at the end of Rogue One is what people want to see. And I have to say general moviegoers would probably agree. So, yeah, it's vis- visually pleasing. And, I mean, you think about A New Hope Vader and Obi-Wan, which looking at the influences that George had, it makes more sense, but as just a general fan or child not knowing any of this and just watching it, it was, it was a boring fight. It was. I mean, physically boring. Fight. He's not wrong, folks. No. And they're just kind of like two old men just kind of knocking their canes back and forth. Oh, my God. <laughs> but <laughs> Fighting at the coffee shop. Oh, he's not wrong. But... <laughs> It also kind of, you see um, two samurai masters going at each other. Now, two apprentices would go all out. You know, you'd have so many clashes and it was just, it'd be sword to sword, just metal clanging the whole time. And it would just be a bloody, physical, sweaty mess. You have two very distinguished fighters here. You have a Sith Lord and you have a Jedi Master with years of experience. They're going to wait until they see their opportune time. There's going to be a couple little clashes. They're going to measure each other, but there's only usually going to be like in conflicts between a master and a master. There's going to be like one move. As we saw in season three of Rebels. Yes. Yeah. Which was a direct. Twin sons. Yeah. It was a direct reference to a movie that influenced George Lucas making the entire saga to begin with seven, seven Samurai. Samurai. So yeah, good. Beautiful. I like, I like where you went with that. Yeah. 
you, you killed me on the cane stuff. So, oh no! Right? <laughs> oh my god! So Vader in his youth, and it it's so weird, you know, because Rogue One butts right up to A New Hope, so that kind of solidified that master to master conflict because we saw he was still able to completely wreck everyone. He didn't respect them in the same way. So he just unleashed and God, was that not fun? Yeah. I think, I think that you are definitely influencing my headcanon a bit when I watch new hope from now on. Um, Oh good. Just in, in the matter of like imagining its respect in a way, but I want to talk a little bit more about that lightsaber fight with, with Obi-Wan and a new hope before we go anywhere else, because can we talk about when Vader cut him down? He says, if you strike me down, I will become more powerful than ever. Yeah. And then he, his body just disappears and the robes fall to the ground. What does Vader do? He kicks it. He's like, what the hell just happened? Exactly. Yeah. I think that that's kind of a correlation to, well, I mean, before we say the correlation to anything that got, more or less retcon as time went on. I think that he had no idea what that was. Yeah. Obviously like he's like, what did I do? What, what is this? I like to think back to that, um, twilight of the apprentice episode where Ahsoka more or less gets pulled rebel rebels, spoilers, um, season finale spoilers. If you guys haven't seen it, you should have seen it by now. Um, when she gets pulled to, uh, the world between worlds, as Pablo told me, he thinks she's dead straight up. And it, it kind of makes me think that whenever he's sitting there putting his feet on the robes, like he's thinking about, portal? I've seen this before. Mm-hmm. What, what's going on here? Why are my Jedi, the the Jedi from my past just disappearing when I'm fighting them? Yeah. I don't know. It's just something interesting to think about in his quest for knowledge. What you got there? So in his mind, all I can hear is, what? <laughs> I mean, you, you think about, he's not seen Obi-Wan since probably Mustafar. Since he had the high ground. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a long time. Yeah. And now they meet again. But, okay, so let's talk about that. They meet again, and there's such a, um, a reverence between each other. So, Maul has faced Obi-Wan before. So, in Twin Sons they still kind of stammered around and waited for that move, but Maul was still arrogant, almost. I mean, Invader was taunting him, but he was far more standoffish than what Maul was. And Maul attacked and lost, which we we know he's dead now. So Obi-Wan was a little younger then, and he was a little more spry. So facing him was more of a big deal, but Maul was still headstrong and hardy, foolishly and he attacked vader kind of verbally taunted but you see in his actions he's still back it was just deflect 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 the lightsabers crossed in the middle but there was no it was no most of fight yeah there was no clashing with the the physical prowess of two warriors it was when is this going to take place you know how am i going to finish it how like how many scenarios are running through each of their heads invader still has not seen him he has no idea what he's been up to but obviously he's not been up to an entire lot because vader's been running the galaxy and there's been no mention of a jedi doing anything and this guy's been making a career of hunting down jedi yeah so obi-wan's not really been training 
so much that you would think of. Innovator still was reserved. Was he reserved because of respect or is it because of this is this is a father figure to me? You know, did he still see him that way? Did he still have uh, tensions pulling at him to not go through with the thought? Interesting. Yeah. Especially now with everything that we do know. Um, it's interesting to kind of get in the head of Vader right there when he's getting ready to fight. Yeah, I, that's another thing that I just hadn't really thought about. The more that we talk, just more questions, more things for or me to Star think, Wars, more stuff to keep me up at night. So what's your thoughts on his psychological well-being when Ahsoka pulls off the beads and hands them to him? He's absolutely devastated. What is his psychological well-being? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that he's still of sound enough mind to just go about business as usual, but it might just be um, probably the 10th time in his life he just had to bury his emotions, yeah. which he continued to do as Darth Vader. So I think he's psychologically doing unhealthy things, but he's keeping up face. What do you think? Um Let's go off of the new Clone Wars uh, trailer that we got. Mm-hmm. So you see Ahsoka coming back for a mission and they meet in like a hangar somewhere and he hands her her lightsabers. Right. And they're, and they're blue. And he says, maybe they're as good as they used to be or something like that. And he says, well, maybe a little better. Did he hold on to him thinking she would be back? Or was that more of just hoping? that she would be that she would return and what would make him think that he would need to replace the crystals in them. They were blue crystals. Hers were green, yellow. Um, one of them was borrowed. So what, uh, what do you think that really he was doing with that? Well, I mean, there's the big H word hope. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know what he was doing there. Honestly, I, the first thing that I sit there and think of is why would you replace the crystals? Because they're going to react in less um, sync with her because she hasn't been using them all this time. Yeah. But um, maybe there was a reason. Is there something that's kind of crossed your mind? What do you think? I think um, for them to change to blue, why would he not? Why would he do it? You know? And what we get from the lightsaber colors and stuff is, Blue is very synonymous with the Jedi Knights. That's something that Anakin used. It's something Obi-Wan used when he was fighting. And that's kind of been, which different ones, it's canon, but it's not concrete. But it's kind of like an outline is you have blue for the Knights and you got green for Masters. And then they all kind of do their own little thing with them. Purples and yellows. Yeah, like there's all different hues. But they're kind of distinct with like the guards, the temple guards, they're yellow. Was he in a way trying to promote her and change these things to saying, you know, this is what could have been, you know, this is where you should be. So it would, it would be like a matter of, of headcanon to say that certain types of Jedi use blue lightsabers Mm -hmm. and you have always used a green lightsaber. So giving you the blue means like a promotion in a way. Welcome back. And, then some. Yeah. I don't know about that. I think it's interesting to think about, but um, I don't know. I think that there's probably going to be a solid answer. I hope. 
um, maybe not in the Clone Wars TV show. That seems like something that would be in a book. In a book, yeah. Huh. I want to reread um, E.K. Johnston's Ahsoka because I remember her getting the lightsabers, and I just don't remember all the details surrounding why there like, wasn't a lot. Right. Yeah. So there maybe wasn't much. Maybe much we'll revisit that. Yeah. Good question, though. So we we'll go back. She leaves the order, and he's left. His words were, "I understand that." Maybe more than you know. Yes. What um, what a big statement from him. And he didn't confide that into anyone other than his Padawan. Was he living vicariously through her in a way? You know, was he feeling trapped at that point? Like, because you can see the longing in his face of wanting her to stay, but understanding she needed to go it almost felt like he needed to go. And then we get in the Clone Wars and we see like the, uh, the deserter episode. He was very, now the clones were not with that guy at all, right? There you, you abandoned your brothers, which makes sense for them. But Anakin was like, I get it. Like I totally, yeah, I totally get it. What would have happened? You know, would we have had a Vader at all? Had he been able to relinquish his title? I was actually thinking about that a little bit today, like why someone like Anakin, even after understanding completely why Ahsoka would have left the order at that point, after feeling betrayed, mm. after all, he's only ever felt like he wasn't trusted because yeah. he wasn't trusted. Mace Windu straight up said, I don't trust the motherfucker. Pretty much. What would have happened if he went a Count Dooku route? Uh, yeah. Could there have been a fall there, too? You know, well, I mean, look where Dooku went. Yeah, but Dooku was not really inherently evil as a way he was indoctrinated into the dark side. He used it. He relied upon it, but he wasn't like it's almost like he was a double agent in a way. Like he was trying to serve under Palpatine to further the galaxy. It, almost kind of in a Yularen Thrawn persona. You know what I mean? I think that's fair. Yeah. Well, let's think of some other examples of like what what would Anakin be like if he left? Do you think he would have found peace? How do you think Anakin could have ever found peace? Do you think he would have found peace by running? Because he's already married to Padme at this yeah. point. So she would have to run. She's a senator. Where would they go? And like like she said in Attack of the Clones, we would have to live our life as a lie. And they already are at this point, but they're still in the More spotlight. So. They both have a real strong need and strong powers yeah. to use those abilities and powers for the betterment. I yeah. don't want to say for the good of the galaxy, but for the betterment of it in a way. I don't think they would have found it. No. Leaving, I don't think they would have found it. I think so there's no way that Anakin could have left yeah. the order. There, there's nothing else for him. Which I think is even more... That'd be like Luke going back to the moisture farm. Yeah, it never would have happened. Yeah, I think it'd been more disheartening for him Knowing that, though, you know, because we see that he's so drawn to um, staying in there and doing the good and making sure that everybody's taken care of and safe. But it's interesting to think about. It is. But I think he was destined to either be the Jedi or fall. I'm really interested to see what Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker teaches us about vader how it's going to change the way that we see vader because it's going to man will he be there you know or we're going to get a, a vader 
Are we going to get an Anakin, Anakin Force Ghost? Are we? I mean, we could. Are we, we going to get more talking helmet to Kylo Ren? Can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah. Here's the final spoiler warning for those Soul Vader comics. Uh, we just couldn't help ourselves but talk about them just a little bit more, so go ahead and check those out. And if you don't mind a few spoilers, they've been out for a little while now, just keep on listening. After reading Dark Lord of the Sith, we get the talking helmet yep. moment. Mm-hmm. Now, before we relate this to Vader, correct me if I'm wrong, but do you think that Palpatine is referring to Momin? Now, I read this real early this morning, and I <laughs> have not had the ability to really think about it. It's been a crazy day. Do you think that Momin was the Jedi or the only person who was ever able to cheat death that Palpatine was telling Anakin about in Revenge of the Sith? I only know of one who was able to cheat death. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's who he was talking about? Could have been. Because I couldn't tell if it if he got that Sith artifact before or after. After the end of Revenge of the Sith or not. But, you know, if you look in in uh, Sheev Palpatine's office, those Sith statues are already there. Like, so it could be another artifact. Of, yeah, there's a lot of things that he's already got established that the damn Jedi walked right past. They were in his office. Well, their and ability to use the Force was diminished. Yoda. Because of the Sith. Mace and Obi-Wan. Shock T, she was also like the the big heads of the council. Akiati Mundi was in there and he's got a big head. <laughs> so <laughs> they're all in that office, right? So they've walked past these statues. I know the song's playing in your head, isn't it? Yeah. Speaking of yeah. Blue Harvest. But yeah, they're they're in that office surrounded by these cis statues. Would there not be like a little echo of dark side in those? You know, what a failure the Jedi were. Well, I mean, they were, okay, so the Sith have been more or less extinct for a thousand years, right? At this point in the eyes of the Jedi. Yeah. So why would they expect anything else? And plus, the, their force, their ability to use the force had been diminished. They literally were being blocked by someone that was right there the whole time. Yeah. That was something that always kind of blew my mind. I was like, Yoda's literally like right next to Senator Palpatine. Yeah. Why can't he sense the dark side from him? But as time went on, you start to see that even Mace Windu was like, the dark side of the Force is surrounding the Chancellor Yeah, right now. So, What kind of influence did he have as far as like his fall, as far as the dark side? Because he was in the temple a lot, which we know the temple has been built on a cistrine. Like, it's stupid for a Jedi to do that. Why not just waylace to it? But now let's just cap it off with our own temple. That's like a middle finger to the Sith, but you know, that doesn't do anything. Right. I want to pull it back to Vader's helmet and moment, like pull it yeah, back to yeah, the yeah. moment real quick. There was the line that, that Kylo Ren says in the movie a lot, uh, in the, the sequel trilogy movies, uh, it's time to let old things die, kill it if you have to. And we, we hear that in Darth Vader's, yes. in his vision in the castle. And, it seems like that's probably something that he may have learned from the crushed helmet. And speaking of Kylo Ren being he. Yeah. Whatever is possessing that helmet, we we have actual helmets being possessed now. Mm-hmm. I think it's clear that someone was manipul- manipulating that helmet. And I, I still don't think that it was Darth Vader or any sort of soul of 
echo of of Anakin no. actually telling his grandson to do bad things at all. No, it'll be interesting to see that. It'll be interesting to see anything yeah. about Vader. I think. I think. I think we're gonna get a Anakin Force Ghost. So we saw Palpatine go down the chute when Vader tossed him. Yes. And then what do we get? Blue lightning. We get an eruption all the way up. And there's like, you see the shock wave of it. And there's like, a so in the Grievous comic, the explosion and the thing in the middle, right? So he's trying to reach his hand in there. He couldn't feel anything. Uh, it's almost very similar. Would that be Palpatine not dying, but letting go of his physical self? And putting it into a physical object, yeah. kind of like Momin did. Yeah. Very interesting. So and immediately you the actually Vader, the helmet see, came off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you got the force lightning going into the helmet. The helmet sits there and shocks and everything. Yeah. He could be possessing the helmet there as he dies. And then when the helmet comes off of Vader, he's good old fashioned Anakin again. Yeah. Huh. So was it Palpatine manipulating him the entire time? Was he trying to possess Vader at the end? Knowing that a Sith is always going to kill another Sith, the master. Yeah. So you, you prolong your life and cheat death by possessing that, which kills you. Yeah. You're almost leapfrogging through time. <sighs> See more questions. Star Wars. Yeah. Love it. No, that's, that's good stuff, man. I tell you what, this was a really, really good conversation. And, um, not only did I enjoy our conversation, you and I, as always, mm -hmm. Man, thank you all for uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Everybody who hopped in on that comlink chatter. Oh, big time, man. It, it really... Super oh. mega heavy listener act, uh, interactive episode, and it's just amazing. And we really, really, really appreciate you guys. Um, we want to let you guys know, if you uh, missed it before, we are going to be talking about Claudia Gray's Master and Apprentice next week with Eden Gray. And uh, definitely know that I've seen some of you guys finishing it up and wanting to talk about it, but not want to get into spoiler territory. And honestly, in this episode, it was really hard for me to not talk about certain things in Master and Apprentice. Yeah, I know. So I think we're definitely going to have to revisit some Vader thoughts and Chosen One thoughts as, you know, as, as soon as next Wednesday. Or yeah. I guess it'll be Friday or Saturday for you guys once this comes out. So if you want to join in on that conversation, um, get your emails and voicemails into comlink c-o-m-l-i-n-k at jantransmissions.com we're on twitter at jt comlink and instagram at jantransmissions we've got a facebook page and a sweet new youtube channel i'm going to be working on something this weekend that's going to be related to celebration so be on the lookout for that um also patreon i don't know if you guys noticed in the uh the picture for the show this week it's going to be a print available yep. to patrons so if you want to get in on some of the other prints, you can check out patreon.com forward slash jam transmissions and all that art and almost all the art that we put out. Definitely the best art that we put out is all done by Joshua Rowe himself. Well, thanks, dude. We definitely did. Dude, it's awesome. You know it. So, yeah, hop on there. And also remember, we're giving away posters for Grand Admiral Thrawn imitations. So get those in yeah. to the email. I'll work on a post this, this yeah. evening. Yeah. So thank you all for that interaction this week. Yeah. I tell you what, it's time to go ahead and close this one out. Hopefully you all have some better sweet dreams and no nightmares like Anakin tonight <laughs> while you go to sleep thinking about all these other questions that we came up. But Josh, it's been a blast, dude. 
May the force be with you. May the force be with you and all of you guys. Don't talk about the shadows